Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Whether you're a sports fan or a wrestling fan, maybe you're neither and you just love coming to wrestling with sports for the banter. BlueChew.com has been a proud sponsor of this show back when it was the wrestling perspective with PD Williams and myself. We love BlueChew here. BlueChew loves us. Make sure you go check them out because, listen, guys, I'm going to talk to you guys for a second. You get in the sack. Things are going pretty okay. But sometimes you wish you had that extra little kick, right? You don't want to be the curtain jerker. You don't want to be the jobber in bed. If you're a sports fan, you don't want to know what that means. Go Google it. Uh, wrestling fans, I'm about to do this to you. Listen, if maybe you're the number nine hitter in your bed or you're essentially the pitcher that gets a chance to get up and bat, and we all know how bad pitchers are at batting, in your own bed, and you want to change that. You want to go from the number nine hitter, the number four hitter, cleaning up on the bases, raking them down the line. You know what I mean. Or wrestling fans, you want to be the curtain jerker, and you want to go from curtain jerk in the first match to main eventing sexual mania in your own bed. You got your own ref that'll roll out from under it. You get it, you go, you count the one, two, three, you win. She's satisfied, you're satisfied. You could do all that with Blue Chew. Go to BlueChew.com. It is amazing. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take it any time of day and night, and because it's chewable, it works twice as fast as the pill. You can take it on a full stomach, empty stomach. It doesn't matter. You listen. You can benefit from more confidence in bed where it counts. And BlueChew, right there, fast, easy, it will enhance your performance. That's the key word there, guys. Enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by a licensed physician, so you don't have to worry about any awkward doctor visits. You don't have to wait in line at a pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. It's made in the USA, so Blue Chew is cheaper than your other options. Amazing. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free. Use this promo code Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S, and just pay $5 for shipping and handling. And trust me, that is the best $5 you will ever spend. We would give it to you for free, but Jason Kindle's like, nope, we're giving it to them for free. They have to pay for shipping and handling. I'm sorry, what Jason Kindle says goes. Again, that's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E, chew.com. Use the promo code Dennis. Try it for free. Let us know what you think. I mean, we have baseball players that text and email us all the time. We have wrestlers that are reaching out that want all this stuff, and we give them the same promo code. They come back happy. So be part of the revolution, the Blue Chew revolution. Make it happen. Your woman will thank you. And women, you know, it's okay to sit your man down and say, hey, listen, maybe we should try Blue Chew. It's, it's perfect. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Dennis. Impact Wrestling is now on Access TV. Catch all the action every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Visit AccessTV.com for more information. Don't forget, Slammiversary 2020 is on the horizon live on pay-per-view July 18th. Go now. Make sure you get that pay-per-view because last year was phenomenal. I should know I was there. I enjoy it. I one of the best pay-per-views of 2019. Everybody from other promotions even said so. 
Don't forget, you can start your Impact Plus 30-day free trial right now. Head over to plus.impactwrestling.com. And if you miss any of the Impact action, you want some exclusive Impact content, go to Impact Wrestling's YouTube page. Be part of the 3.5 million wrestling fans getting interviews, recaps, highlights, and much more. Search Impact Wrestling right now on YouTube and enjoy a ton of exclusive content. Alright, it's time for the Wrestling with Sports, The Great Debate Show, Episode 1, Jason Kindle versus Brett Boone. It's the show you've been waiting for every time you listen to Wrestling with Sports. Now you have it. Guys, are you ready to debate each other? Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I'm ready, Dennis. As the season goes on, the questions will get harder, the debates will get harder, we'll do more current events, but since there's not... This is going to be a little fun show. We've got some uh, fan interaction in this show. Who would you rather have? We're going to lead it off. Jason, I flipped the coin. You get the first question to go first and make your case. Was it heads or tails? It was tails. You didn't get the call. I always pick heads. My son did a thing. 75, 75 times out of 100, it was a work, uh, uh, homework with Simon he had, maybe in first grade. And they said 75% of all of coin tosses are heads. Either way, you go first. All right. So you know, so when people out there listening, it's mathematically, it's it's mathematically impossible. I'm telling you, I did it, Boney. I did it, guys. Guys, we are not debating the coin. What time out? We're gonna we can debate on this. I did it hundred times. Boom, boom, boom. And it was like, okay. Now, what if he did it a hundred times? What what if he did it the next hundred? Could be completely different. I did. I did five times, and it was all over seventy-five. I'm just telling you what the homework. I was. cannot believe I'm uh, going to have to We're already them. arguing over a coin toss, but I'm telling you what happened. Okay, and I'm like, listen, okay, this is listen, BS. Hey. And I went, oh, and it happened like five times in it's a row. It's a weighted listen. coin then. All right. Listen, I still YouTube. do it to this day when the, hey. everybody's in bed, and I still flip a coin. Listen, Jesus. Listen, times you to two. See what it is. It's always Hi, Dennis. Listen, you two. <laughs> we can do the great coin flip debate later. This is the great sports debate. Might be a show. Now, Jason, you get the first question. Should Major League Baseball look into replacing Harmon Killebrew on its logo? And let's be honest, oh. they've been doing a whole bunch of stuff to change the game. I'm against changing the fundamentals of the game. Uh, me personally, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'll tell you why after you two debate it. But Jason, why not? Not at all. Not at all. There's, there's no. And, and I think Brett might say the same thing as I, just because he's, you know, from. But no, I mean, you could put on, you know, you can put on. I'm trying to think. Uh, you could go and put on, uh, I don't know, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout. Um, see, I, I don't know. I mean, you can't put a picture on it. But no, no, they should not. Why can't you put do that? No, I understand what everybody's. But then now, but now, what's going to happen if you do that is now okay, Jerry West with the uh, NBA. I'm pretty sure that's who it is, Jerry West. Uh, they got to change that logo, and someone's going to no, 
not at all. It's going to cost too much money for a but I mean, you go to Dick Sporting Goods, you go to Play It Again Sports, you go to uh, I don't know what's out in California now anymore, uh, Sport Mart or whatever. No, there's already. I mean, can they do it? Absolutely. Should they do it? No. In my opinion, no. And I don't even know if this is an argument that's going to happen. But I, I say no. I mean, and I'm going to try to play devil devil's advocate in some of this stuff, but. No, I mean, I can just say no. Okay. But I'm curious to see what you say. Well, Dennis, whoever whoever formulated this question, we're not going to have much of a debate on the first one. I think certain things uh, make make baseball baseball. I think, you know, I, and I'm quite, um, I'm quite the purist when it goes back. Now, I I'm all for. Uh, thinking forward in the game and always making improvements and changing things. I like to change as little as possible. I think that major league baseball logo is an iconic logo. I think when, when somebody sees that, you know what it is, you start mixing that up and not saying it won't change over time and you can't upgrade and, and make your product better and better. But I think just from a simple kind of like it's the statue of liberty i don't know if that's a good comparison but it is what it is when you see that mlb logo you know exactly what it is why are we going to change that there's enough and, other things changing in the game i'm with jason on this one absolutely not and, and i bet if you even ask some of some major league ball players to I'm major league they wouldn't even know that killabrew's the logo I'll guarantee you. I'm not saying all of no, them. No, no, I'll guarantee I'll guarantee you 80, 80% wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that. Well, here's why I would say yes, and this is from a fan's point of view. Uh, as iconic as Harmon Killebrew is, I would love to see something in the last 30 years. Now, could you make a case for a Ted Williams or something else? Yes, but that's a lateral move, and I don't want to see a move that's lateral, not for the better. I don't want to see anybody current as a logo, as, as you know, anything can happen in current baseball, whether uh, allegations or something bad happening. So I would tend to stay away there. Could you? I could make a case for Tony Gwynn. I think he would be iconic. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr., although I don't think the batting average would be high enough. And I don't... He does have 3,000 hits. And if you were to replace the guy on the logo with someone current, I feel like it has to be a guy that hit 300 and over and has 3,000 hits. So, I mean, who's supposed to be arguing right now? Like, but listen, it's the first what question. Do you, you, I mean, because what it, does, does uh, Junior have a uh, his hat on backwards or is it for? Well, I mean, well, Dennis, well Dennis, here's, no, it's here's not going to happen. Thing. Where did these 300, 3,000 come from? I, that was just you something I made up. Top players ever, Junior got to be in top five, top eight in the history of this game. So, I, I think the numbers become a non. I mean, if you're going to go greatest player in the game, put Barry Bonds on it. Bonds doesn't have 3,000 hits. He's the greatest hitter ever walked this planet, and it's not even close. So there you go. If they're going to change the logo, put Barry Bonds on it. But now you're you're totally jumping into a completely different topic. So, All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, That one is you both agree. Next question. Biggest threat to no baseball in 2020. We know the owners and the players are close to an agreement, but we know unless both signatures are down, anything can happen. And now we have this big breakout of COVID. I believe it was in the Philadelphia camp. Five players 
It's the start, maybe more, depending on whose camp you're in as this thing gets going. Guys, owner's union or COVID-19, the biggest risk to baseball this season? Uh, Go ahead, Brett Boone starts. Biggest risk. I think I think neither are going to end up being a risk. I think um, – I think this, I think as long as, is this, this play, these players and these owners, I, first of all, I want to, I want to make a comment on, I think, and, and not necessarily did they even know that it was a brilliant take. We're always talking about this show and, and me in particular, I talk about how I think uh, during these labor, during this strife, during these labor negotiations, it's best for the players to, to shut up as much as possible. Not, and, and, have your negotiations done negotiations done behind closed doors. Um, and if you're going to say something, always make it a positive thing. Always kind of toe the company line, you know, Hey, I'm working out, I'm getting ready. I think what the union, how they responded to that last, I believe it was about a week ago when Tony Clark came out after they couldn't get anything. Uh, he went to the podium. This is, this is going back seven, probably seven days now and said, uh, we're definitely going to have baseball this year because I can unilaterally impose it. Then four days later, he comes back and says there's not going to be any baseball, or or there's a good chance there's not, something to that effect. The fact that Tony Clark said one sentence and said, tell us when and where, put the owners in a complete box where public sentiment swung to the player side, which is very rare in these negotiations. So I think there's so much pressure now coming from on the owner side from the fans that I think it's going to be really tough not to get a deal done. They're too close now. I think they're between six, uh, one, I, I think the players are at 70 games. The owners are at 60 games. There's something in the middle that they can come to. I don't think that's going to be an issue. COVID is, is a different thing. I think you mentioned today, and I had just heard it in passing, that apparently five Philly members, I don't know if that's just players, I don't know if it's staff, I don't know if it's just front office people for the Philadelphia Phillies down at spring training in Clearwater, tested positive. Uh, I think once Major League Baseball and the owners uh, and the owners and the players get together and get a deal, I think it's going to be a moot point. I talked about this on earlier shows, I think, from a uh, safety standpoint, Major League Baseball, one thing they do is they do everything is five stars. It's top shelf. It's a first-class operation. These owners and organizations are going to do the best you can possibly do to keep their players, which is their product, safe. So I think the precautions are going to be uh, pretty much as, as high level as you can imagine. I don't think either are going to knock it out. And I think if, if – for example, one player test, I think he's going to be automatically quarantined right away. They're going to get him out of there. I think they've got the, the devices in place, the, the, uh, the safety precautions in place. I don't think either one of them are a factor. Jason, before you get going, right. just, uh, just a heads up. It was five players, but uh, none of them have been hospitalized. Uh, and it also looks like, in addition, eight staff members have tested negative the virus, and twelve other staff members and twenty players are awaiting tests. But Jason, your turn. Um, you know, and but Booney, like, what if? But what if one of those players that tested positive in a shortened season um, is 
I don't know, your three-hole hitter, say it's Mike Trout, or say it's your your number one um, starter. That's where I, I honestly think that COVID could be more of a problem um, because I let, let's take the Chicago Cubs. Um, Anthony Rizzo, he's more uh, susceptible because he had cancer. Him and um, what's the I'm trying to think of the lefty's name. That's why I was. Uh, Lefty for the Cubs, play for the Red Sox, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Oh, my God. Lester? Like, huh? Yeah, Lester. Uh, I know that he had cancer at one point, too. Are these guys going to play? Are these guys not? I mean, because now you're talking about life and death stuff. But, I, I think that – okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. And, but, I mean, but that being said is, is I haven't really heard that much about those type of players, the players that – you know, are going to be more acceptable to are acceptable to if something happens and they get it. Because listen, there's going to be that one kid that or that one person. Sorry, let me say one man who is like when you're supposed to be quarantined in your hotel after a game. That's going to sneak out. That's going to go. That's going to. Um, and I think we had this conversation before. That's going to go do something and and have you know that's not married or has family that's just wants to go out and have a, a beer or two trust me it's gonna happen how's he gonna sneak out i don't know i mean it's, it's not like uh, a cuba players uh, defecting to the united states where they go to a certain place and sneak out of a hotel at four in the morning but i'm telling you what man i don't the way people are acting with this this covid that it's all basically over and i don't know how it is in california i'm in kansas but i know over the last week we have not gone down and i know that i, I know you guys take on it and it's because more people tested this and that and etc but i mean now that i mean i heard ezekiel Elliott got it the other day for the cowboys mm-hmm. okay well ezekiel Elliott is superstar their, their team he's their team i mean obviously you got prescott and but i mean he's their team so how's that gonna play i mean so i i look at it a bunch of different ways as far as like the, the union and the owners man it, it's ugly but and, and i want people to understand this and I don't even think this is going to be a debate between Brett and I, but it's going to be, it's already a shortened season. It's already that. And listen, they're at 70, 60. And most people will think that like, it's like a, a, a when you're selling a house, say you're trying to sell a house and, and somebody wants a hundred thousand dollars for it. And um, you're, you have the house on the market for 120. It's going to get done. I'm assuming, I'm assuming you can come to the middle and, and, and sell the house for $110,000. Right. Okay. That being said, with this is they they, they cannot have because of COVID. They can't have a four game um, series. They cannot have a two game series. So I think what might happen. This is just me in my opinion. Is you're going to see a a number that comes down to whether it be 66, 69, 63. And the reason I say that is because it's multiples of three. You're going to have a you can't. You have to play three game series because now, if you have a two game series or a four game series, somebody's traveling more, and that's what I think they're trying to stop. Is so you're going to have to have three, 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 three for the fifty. So if you guys see a if if the fans see a weird number, and Brett, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you see a weird number out there, that's I would like to think the reason for it. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be right for accommodations and mm-hmm. um, yeah, for fair. They want they want to make this thing as as fair as possible. They want to be even across the board as far as fairness to all 30 teams. But I think as far as the negotiations are going, the players have got to the point where they're getting uh, 
100% prorated. I think that's a huge win for the players. Huge. Because at this point, with no fans, the owners are taking a little bit of a bump on that because they have no fans coming through the ticket styles. So, but the, but the players are still getting their full share. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Full pro rating. So yep. I think that's a big win for the players. And I think if you're at 60 and 70 games, like Jason pointed out, it has to be a certain number to make it fair across the board. Well, then throw a, a crooked number in there. Make it 66. If that if that's the magic number or a 60 or a 63 or a 67, whatever that even Steven may be. But because I, you I gotta, you gotta, you gotta realize they have to make a schedule. And I don't, and, and Booney, I don't know how, all I heard, all I saw today is okay. Spring training starts June 26th and ends June 28th, which is really weird to me. The two day spring training, but yet you're going to start July 19th. And obviously I'm assuming it's going to go more. And it was probably a, a misread that I, that I had, but or saw, but these gosh, darn it. I mean, it's, it's to the point to where it has to be a, you cannot have a, 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 a different number to where it works out bad for one team where they have to travel more because the whole thing, and listen, baseball owners, whatever, they're going to fight. At the end of the day, the, the coronavirus is what takes priority. Well, but also, Jason, you think about when you say travel more, we're talking about days in the air or we're talking about miles. If you want to go to that, I mean, you can pick Seattle Mariners every year and say, well, Oh. You're at a disadvantage because you fly more than anybody else. Back in the day, you could say, or or still currently, there's a disadvantage playing for the Cubs because you play more day games and it's harder on your body and your schedule. No. Because Booty, I'm talking about more in contact with people, like in, in like whether it be flight attendants. And listen, you, in the big leagues, you get charters. And he, Booney said it earlier, you get five star wherever you go. But you're going to have um, um, uh, uh, flight attendants. You're going to have, um, you know, front desk people at the hotels you stay in. Yes. Is it all first class? Absolutely. Is, are they going to have, they're going to make sure that these, listen, and, and I saw something like, well, why did the, the so-and-so get tested more than this? Listen, when you're, if you're in NBA, if you're in uh, major league baseball, if you're in NFL, you're going to get, cause you have the best doctors out there. You're going to get more tests than, and, and as awful as that might be to say, it's the truth. I mean, these guys have worked that there's so much money involved and so these guys are going to be tested every day. You're going to, they're going to have, they have the un, un, thermometer. Right. They, have un, they have unlimited resources. All right. With that being said, I think it sounds like you both kind of agree on that one, which is interesting. I thought there'd be more disagreement in a little bit of these, but we're going to keep going. This next question in the great wrestling with sports debate, if more players become owners or stake owners like Derek Jeter, who I was kind of shocked when I found out he only owns Four percent of the Marlins. That's it. But if more players become minority stakeholders in major sports teams, do you think that could change the way the players and owners' relationships go forward? Uh, Jason, you start. Um, I, I think it's great, and I think a lot of it. A lot of the owners out there, I believe. I mean, this is like a, a side gig for them. This is just something. And that's what bothered me when the St. Louis Cardinals guy came out and was like, oh, you know, baseball's not a – he bought the team for I don't know how many millions. Through, I don't know. I, I say 500 million. I don't know exactly what the number is. There's not a, a a major franchise. Maybe there might be one in another different sport. But in the big leagues, that is going to be less than a billion dollars. So he already made, buddy. It, 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 he's already – the guy. Ha- 
I, jeez, I, I don't know. And and I, the one thing I can say is, you know, Derek Jeter's different. He he played in New York and had all this and that. And four percent is obviously it's probably a, a, a good chunk of money. And um, he's the spokesperson because he's Derek Jeter. Bottom line, that's what they and he agreed to that. And he probably lives in or he lives in Tampa. I'm assuming and goes down to Miami. I'm sure he bought himself a pretty good pad in Miami, but. I can honestly say that when most players who make that much money in the game in over 50%, it's, it's never going to happen. Be- why? Because, listen, it's, a, it's such a grind to play this game, to coach this game, to be in this game on a daily basis. You're away eight months out of the year from your family, front office. They are yearly. They're, they're working year-round. But – I don't think too many people that I know would put their money into a team. Now, would it be better? Would I mean, it depends on, honestly, I, I truly believe that it depends on the communication that I, I don't know what Derek Jeter does with the Marlins. Is he down in the dugout? Is he talking to him and, and helping him out and talking to him? I don't know, but if they were involved and somebody wants to, to put their money to be, have, be 50% uh, majority or over 50 majority owner, I mean, to each his own, I suppose, but you better be around to tell them some of the things you want. It's like a veteran player with a rookie. I mean, hey, you know, here's the deal. I'm going to, um, you know, tell you what to do, what, when to do it, how to act. I mean, that's just my opinion once again. So I know yeah. Booney, once again, I think Booney's going to be kind of similar with me. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But Brett Boone, I take on it. Well, let me, let's, let's, let's get, okay, Derek Jeter, different. He's Derek Jeter. Uh, he's, you know, it, it's like Magic Johnson getting a piece of the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's because when you go, it, it, you can't just go out just because you have billions of dollars and buy a major league baseball team if you want to. Those 30 owners need to approve you before they let you in the, let's quote unquote it, the club. So you just because you have $2 billion doesn't mean those owners will let you buy in if they don't want you in. So like in LA when that sale went down and it was a record sale, magic Johnson was the spokesperson. Now that's somebody that that ownership group probably put at the forefront and wanted him to represent the Los Angeles Dodgers as buying the Los Angeles Dodgers. And maybe that uh, played a role in them. Okaying that particular ownership group as a, and fiscally, they gave Magic Johnson a piece. Now, I don't know the facts. I don't know the numbers, but I'm sure Magic Johnson has a piece of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And that was his pay for being the front man. No players I know have a piece of any team except for Derek Jeter, but he's not a player. Derek Jeter, I think, was put in the same situation as Magic Johnson. Derek Jeter, he's what, um, when, when, when people think of baseball, when they think of the New York Yankees, they think of Derek Jeter. I think if you're, if you want to know how to PR yourself as a professional athlete, I think Derek Jeter is, is, is PR 101 as far as how to do it, how to market yourself in a positive way. Derek did all the right things. It helps that you got five rings or four rings or whatever he has. But he, 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 he was a professional. He always said the right thing. He always did the right thing. He was the Yankee shortstop. He was the captain. It was a whole thing. So it made sense going to Miami, making him – the guy that you put out front of your ownership group trying to buy a team. 
And I'll guarantee you the fact that Derek Jeter was the face of the franchise had something to do with that particular group winning the bid for the, for the Marlins. Therefore he gets 4%. I'll doubt. And once again, I'm not speaking on facts, but I would doubt that Derek Jeter's put one of his own dollars in. So to me, Jason brought it up earlier, each franchise, the minimum is worth a billion. So if you, if you didn't put a nickel in and you got 4%, 4% of a billion is pretty good the last time I checked. So as far as going forward, our players, who knows the way these salaries are now, if baseball avoids these, these work stoppages, if it continues to economically uh, to continue to go up and up and succeed and do better and better, um, you're going to get to a point where, where an average player is making $20 million, which, which how awesome is that for upcoming Major League Baseball players? But at a certain point, as far as having equity on hand, having capital on hand to pay these players, maybe for those big, that next Mike Trout deal, instead of offering him that, he'll say, all right, Mike Trout, you know, Mike Trout of 20 years from now, whoever that may be, instead of giving you $400 million, now that that number is going to be a billion dollars. Well, how do we pay somebody a billion dollars? Maybe some ways to slice it up are we'll give you a percentage of ownership. And I think that may be a way of the future. I'm not saying for sure, but it makes sense from an economic standpoint. Just a heads up, Magic Johnson has 2.3%, but he put in $50 million of his own money for that. Okay, okay well, I'm going to tell you something about Magic it, Johnson. Stop and... speaking when you don't have the facts. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... Right. And I didn't have them, what... but, I, but I prefaced it with that. You did. Being <laughs> from L.A., um, people will go to... And I'll, I'll never forget, I was there with the Brewers playing... People will, will pay money to go to a game to see Magic Johnson sitting in one of those seats. And trust me, Magic Johnson, from what I've seen when, as a player going in, people, you know, and L.A. is completely different. I mean, have people go there in the fourth inning and they leave in the seventh inning. There's other things. I mean, you're going to go look at uh, – uh, um, I'm trying to think of a player. You're going to go look at uh, – who's a player for the Dodgers right now? I'm trying to think. Um, Corey Seager or – Tom Cruise. I mean, it's just like that. But people will go to see a Magic Johnson. Lakers are huge in L.A. And obviously, so I can only imagine how many tickets they sold when somebody said, you know what, Magic Johnson has partial. Derek Jeter. Now, granted, the the Marlins aren't the Yankees, but where did Derek Jeter come from? The Yankees. The greatest Yankee ever and number two and retired and, and was able to have the old announcer, you know, say his name over speaker every time he went to bat. That's another thing. I mean, they've sold, I guarantee you, more people have bought tickets to see the Marlins play because of a chance to see a Derek Jeter. Um, now, obviously, the Dodgers are pretty damn good. Don't get me wrong. But that's just my that's, that's my take on it. And those those markets have just exploded because of the names that they're bringing in. I still don't think a player like Alex Rodriguez, if I'm the New York Mets, because Alex Rodriguez's name is is not very good in baseball. I'm what, Jennifer Lopez, Alex Rodriguez. Okay, well, you know, power couple, this and that. Alex Rodriguez's name is not good in baseball. The, the guys, I mean, Brett, you played with him. I'm sure he's a great teammate, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. But in my opinion, there ain't one person. Anytime there's a sack fly or a, a, a pop a pop up to the third baseman, what's happened in Toronto, you ever can go use and you're going to yell. That is stuff you do when you're like three years old. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Nobody likes Alex Rodriguez. Was gosh, dog it was he good though? I mean, one of the the best players I've ever played against. But what an absolute clown, in my opinion. 
All right. <laughs> Brett? And Dennis, quick note. That 2.3, did the Dodgers sign for two, or did they sell the, the franchise for $2.3 Because if that's the case, 2.3% at $50 million makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know what they sold for, but I just did a quick Google to see what and how much Magic owned, and that's what it said was. But I think what I was saying about Alex Rodriguez is it goes back to what Brett said earlier: is the owners have to approve. Right, they're going to approve. They're going to be a Magic Johnson. Can nobody? None of the owners. I'm assuming they 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 have the ability to pick and choose who they want representing a team. Yes, of you know in their 30 team organization. So Jennifer Lopez has a better chance of owning the Mets than Alex Rodriguez does, which you know what? Hell I'd take that. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the, who would you rather have portion of the show as we are getting down to the meat and potatoes here, guys, game seven world series. You're tied. You need a pencil and a shortstop. Who would you rather have 13 time gold Glover, 15 time all-star, he hit 262, 2,460 hits, 28 home runs, 793 RBIs, Ozzie Smith, or one of your old teammates, Brett. So you might be able to you know, give better insight on this, but a 12-time All-Star, three-time gold glove, which he was behind Ozzie Smith most of those times, nine-time silver slugger, 295, 2,340 hits, Ozzie who had more hits, 198 home runs, and 960 RBIs, Barry Larkin. Uh, Brett, since you played with one of them, I'm going to let you go first. Which one of the two would you rather have in a Game 7 scenario? A little bit of a tough, uh, unfair question for me because I did play with Barry, and uh, you know I got to play with a lot of great shortstops in my time, but, but Barry was by far the best I ever played with, interacted with, uh, worked with, uh, he was a clutch player. He could steal the base. He, he was an elite. What people don't realize about Barry Larkin, he was an elite, elite base stealer. He was in the he was in the Ricky Henderson category of the ability to take a bag, and that's what I mean. Anybody can steal a base, but I'm talking about stealing a base when everybody in the entire stadium knows you're going, and you and you steal to uh, to spite them. Barry is in that car. He's in that category. He's that dynamic. I think his offensive numbers, uh, completely different category than Ozzie Smith, just superior. Um, going to Ozzie Smith, Ozzie was a base stealer. Ozzie kind of reinvented the position of shortstop. But at one game, I think Barry Larkin's too too much superior offensively. I'm going with Barry. Would it change your mind if I said a seven-game series then? Uh Barry Larkin is too offensively superior and a gold glove caliber shortstop. I'm going to go with Barry again. All right. Uh, and now change it to 162 games. It's not even a question. I'm going to go with Barry Larkin again. <laughs> All right, Jason. Once again, I'm a little, I'm a little biased. Absolutely. My favorite shortstop. Jason Kendall. Not even close. And I mean, like, I thought me and Booney were supposed to, like, you know, kind of butt heads or something like well, that. You don't show. always have to butt heads and on I, every I, question. I played in the National League Central. I played against Barry for so long. And what Booney was saying about Larkin when he wants to steal a base, but he also stole a base when it meant something in the game. It wasn't just like a, Correct. and I'll, I'll bring up another uh, 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 player that Booney played with, Ichiro. Ichiro would steal a base if someone's winning by 11 runs or whatever. Whatever. Besides the just to pad his stats, 
Larkin was Dave Tate. <laughs> and he, well, he knows oh, Jason's got J- Jason's got me blushing over here. Oh, well, yeah, no, I'm, because I'm, my, I'm my whole pretty, point I'm, is I'm behind the plate. I'm usually pretty close to the vest. I'm play, I'm behind the plate. I'm like, dude. Okay, are you really going to try to steal third right now to to get your thirty fifth stolen base? I mean, we're winning nine to one. Nor am I even going to try to throw the ball. Okay, Jason. Okay, that's a different topic too. That's the same, but it's being dead on. Barry Larkin to me is one of the best I've ever played against at that position. And now, if you want to get like really into the politics behind it or whatever, listen, it is so damn hard to get to the big leagues. Seven game series. I need Larkin's bat in there because I'm going to tell you what the utility guy that is uh, uh, probably going to be playing shortstop. If Larkin's not, it can catch the ball. The, you, when you make it to the big leagues, you're it's a special, special player. You can catch the ball. You can throw. That's why they have utility players. You can play second, third, short, whatever. And obviously now it's a super utility guy like a Ben Zobrist or Whit Merrifield, et cetera, et cetera. But the guy that is going to replace Ozzie Smith can catch the ball. Barry Larkin, to me, was one of the, the, those guys that, number one, I could never clip him or uh, Brett at second base, which still, like I said, bothers me today, but they were baseball players. And man, Larkin, it was one of those guys. You don't want to be, his bat is, he's in the hall of fame for a reason. Ozzie Smith's in the reason or in the hall of fame um, because of his glove. Listen, he was a great shortstop, had great stuff, hit a home run off Tom Needenfewer and this and that and blah, blah, blah. But you're crazy. If you're going to put Ozzie Smith in front of Larkin, crazy. All right, so I had a ulterior motive for this question because it led into something, and you both answered the way I was hoping you would answer. But here's the real question about this because I go back and forth. Uh, we all know Barry Larkin's a better hitter. Dep- depending on what you value more, glove or offense, you can value one more than the other. But my real question here for you guys was Ozzie Smith's defense that much better than Barry Larkin's to make Ozzie Smith a all-time better shortstop? I'm not an infielder. I'm going to let Booney take this. I would say no. But I, listen, I was looking at the field, never looking at home plate. So, Booney, you are one of the best that I ever played this game defensively. What's your opinion on this? Because I can't answer that and be I, – Like I said, I think, I think Ozzie Smith was a trailblazer. I think he put shortstops on the map, uh, the athletic – as much range as you could possibly have. He had a flair. He was, we had Pokey Reese on the show. He, he was smooth. Um, Barry wasn't any, well, Barry was ridiculously athletic, but he wasn't the prototypical. He wasn't smooth. He was kind of awkward. I used to tease him about it, but I'll tell you what, I've never seen somebody that didn't look the part play that well. And I played, like I said, I, I, I was fortunate enough to play with a lot of shortstops. Uh, he, I'd be amazed that Barry got plays that he made plays. It, it, it's just, he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that uh, I believe in his, in his prime, you know, I saw him go up and, and, and from, from a two-step stance, double pump and reverse dunk a basketball. And Barry's not very he's huh. a six footer. I'll guarantee you Barry could play. He could go out for a pass in college football and you wouldn't miss a beat. He was just one of those freaky athletes. I could do it all. I don't necessarily know. He even knew how he did it. He was just one of those special, special talents. And I believe for me, because he didn't look, he didn't have that flash. He didn't look the part. 
I think he was an underrated defender. And let, Booney, let me ask this question. Three goal gloves don't tell the story with Barry defensively. Yes, and I want I want to ask this question to you because there's and I called this person Little Barry when I played with him, and I was fortunate enough to play with him for a year in Milwaukee, maybe two years before he got traded, and I can't remember where he went. JJ Hardy, he wasn't smooth. He was he would, but I'm going to tell you what. And this is what I thought of Barry, and I've probably seen Barry. Um, I, I couldn't even tell you how many at bats. So say say 500, 600 at bats, give or take. If JJ Hardy caught the ball. His arm was so accurate. I mean, you knew the guy was out. And that's what I got out of Barry. I, am I wrong or right on that? But every time I saw Barry catch a ball, whether it be smooth or not smooth, his throwing arm was so accurate. Am I wrong on that? No, he, he was, like I said, he was one of those special players that just found a way to get it done. If it was, uh, we were in a situation where he wasn't going to get it done, that's when he was going to get it done. He made some plays that I thought, how did you make that play? Um, he had some at-bats. I followed him one time in Houston, and we all know this, okay? When you get the hat trick, uh, that's a tough day. Oof. Me and Barry on the same day struck out four times in the same game. And, oh. and to explain to people out there what it's like to strike out four times, it's almost like you're in a corner and you're starting to see shadows because you're su such in a panic. I, I believe I was in the hole when Barry came up. He went up there with four strikeouts, whereas most of us, you know, it, it, it's just tough to even draw the ball, the bat back at that point. And he hits a double to win the game. And I just thought, oh, my gosh. First of all, I was thinking, thank God I didn't have to go up there again. But but Barry did stuff like that all the time. He could look so bad. And it was on the line. It's like, how'd you do that? I don't know. But there's not too many guys that I played with that had that effect on me where, where there was just a special it factor that they had. Once again, it, that, that's, that's my opinion of him. And that's why the question's a little unfair because I'm such a fan of him. To the fans right now, this is the difference between a power hitter and a, a guy that has zero pop. I've struck out three times in one game once, I believe, maybe twice. Yeah. The only time I remember it is uh, opening up with the Oakland A's, um, Felix Hernandez. Mm -hmm. I was leading off the game and I didn't strike out much at all, but I also hit zero home runs. And I'm going to tell you what I went, I was over three with three strikeouts in my last at bat. I hit a 27 hopper to the shortstop and I was and you were happy. first base going. <laughs> so that's the difference. Like he's like four times in a game that would like, Oh, I might jump off that, yeah, I, I, but I think he also I hit think 30, only, 40 home runs. But I think it only happened to him once. And it happened to me once. And it happened in the same game. And so you know what I'm talking Nuts. about when you're – Who is the It's pitcher? almost like you're in a full anxiety panic mm. just to make contact. I remember going up there with a hat trick one time and popping up to the catcher and almost had to put Fucking on an ass like I was, like I was pissed <laughs> that I popped up. But catcher. it was like at least I didn't strike out. All right. Is, that's, All right. that's the truth too. And do you remember – last what, – what do we got next? What Do you remember the pitcher real quick? I don't. All right. And the last question, this is a fan-submitted question from Eric Cordova out of New York. He wants to know, Nolan Ryan versus Robin Ventura. Remove Robin Ventura <laughs> out of this equation. How would Jason Kendall rank against Nolan Ryan in that same fight? I, I would assume that question's for me. I, I guess it's for both of you. I think Jason will say he would have beat his butt. 
Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let Boney go first, and then I'll, I'll tell you I'll what. Rob, you know, I've had a little interaction with with uh, Robin, uh, good dude, funny guy, witty, uh, great player. Um, always made me laugh during stretch. He'd always come over from the other team. You know, had buddies on my team, and he'd stop by, and he'd, you know, he'd go into a little, almost at a comedy routine, and it was so funny. Uh, so I really love Robin. I respect him as a player. I think he's a lover, not a fighter. I've seen Jason's act. He's a good dude. Very respected player on the on and off the field. But Jason's a little bit more of a badass, I think. I think he would have been a little more prepared. I think Robin went to the mound because he felt that he had to, not that he wanted to. So he got his ass kicked. I think if Kendall goes to the mound, you know what you're getting. So I think Jason would have been a little more prepared. Doesn't make Robin less of a man. It just, I, I don't think he wanted to go. It's just, he got hit and he goes, I got to go, don't I? And, and you can't go out there if, if you feel like you have to. You got to go out there because it's a gut reaction that I'm going to go kick this guy's ass. That's it in a nutshell. Jason. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I greatly appreciate that. But to, talk, to say what, listen, I, I know people that played in those, in that game and, he Robin had to go out to the mound. Look, it, it, obvious for obvious. Re- I mean, I don't know what he didn't want to, but I mean, it, I guess there was a certain amount of people that got hit, and he had to. He did not want to. When I, I, I've charged the mound twice, and it, both were people yelling at me. I'm not saying I'd have beaten all right up. He might have kicked my ass. I don't know, but I would have been out there with a lot more hate than Robin Ventura. I would have been <laughs> well, bloody yeah, up. Jason, let me put it this way. We're probably going to agree on this, Dennis. So it was another horrible question, but I think it was a great uh, one. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I, that, I, I would never amazing. charge unless uh, in this, the anger part of it. Well, I'll, I know what I was going to say. You cannot charge the mound. It's not a premeditated thing. Does that make sense? Yes. It's not it, something you decided if this happens, this happens. It's got to be something that enrages you so much that something snaps and you just do it. And after the fact, you think, wow, I can't believe I just did that. That's the only way you're prepared for a real fight. The, the oh, if he does this, I'm going to do this, and your heart's not into it, you better have some teammates close behind. As always, we here at Wrestling With Sports, Jason Kittle, Dimitri Young, Brett Boone, we thank you so much for listening. show does not go on without you. That's why we need you to grow. So make sure you are out there telling your friends, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, water cooler at work. We need your help to grow, and that's how you help us grow. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Wrestling With Sports. We do a lot of live shows over there. You can find links to the show and other cool stuff that we will be doing exclusively for Facebook. Twitter, follow Jason Kendall at JasonDKindle18. The Brett Boone 29, Da Meat Hook Young, D A Meat Hook Young, Dennis 77 Farrell. You can follow the show's Twitter account at WrestlingWS. Subscribe to the podcast any place you get podcasts. And if you can't find them, head over to YouTube, subscribe there. You'll find it there. Or email the show, wrestlingwithsports at gmail.com. Right there is a direct line to us we'll get it whether you have a comment a question you want to be part of the show we will make sure your voice is heard 
that's what we try really hard at wrestling with sports to do is make sure it's 100% interactive with you, the fans. On behalf of all the guys, thank you for listening.